Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast. This week, I officially tell 2020 to fuck all the way off as college football gets postponed. The band Smash Mouth performs at a packed motorcycle rally, and the Nobody's nose around on Kanye. Plus, we have some not so surprising losers of the week. Buckle up. Hey, I'm Bryce. We're the the nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the nobodies. Hey, guys. Annie, we were, I was just, I just, we we were just saying that you have a morning drink. You're drinking coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. We're recording, it's 6 p.m. This is my first cup of coffee for the day. We're recording, and you are drinking a cup of coffee. I have a margarita, a anorexic margarita. You know what's weird is I have not drank. I feel like you and I haven't drank, like, recording this podcast in a really long time. Remember, we would every podcast we would be drinking almost. Well, we would have like a white claw. I feel like you have margaritas a lot when we I, record. I, I do. Well, maybe I know there was a time difference when I was in Omaha. There was a time difference, so like that, it would be way it'd yeah. be like it'd be like cocktail hour by the time we were record in Omaha. So yeah, and um, I would still be drinking coffee probably. Yeah, or or not, or like seventeen waters. Oh, I have a water too. <laughs> Multiple so liquids all Yeah, I don't I don't understand why anyone needs that much, but I'm here for your hydration. I really thank am. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so how are you current winning? Um, <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> I feel like off this week. I know I feel like I say that every other week, but um, yeah, I feel like I had one that I was going to tell you. And now I can't think of it. But my entire apartment's clean. Hey, that's a win. Organized. T just rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> Did you finally get your space full of water? You sent me a Snapchat yesterday that had a, like I, why I mentioned the million waters because oh. inside you had about ten canisters. No, those are still on my nightstand. Like so my entire apartment got cleaned. Um, besides my nightstand. That was it. That's a very small space, too. I know, and I have, I think, like, five things for water on it. Oh, well, that's wonderful, right? What does your, your cup say? Stay gold? Stay gold. I like that. I have that Obviously. tattooed on me. Oh, what? I didn't know that. Groovy. That's pretty groovy. That's pretty groovy. Do you know? You didn't know I had stay gold on me? It's on my leg. No. Yeah, oh, it's okay. in Papa Wilk's handwriting. Can you bend your leg that far to show me right now on Zoom? Yeah, hold on. I was actually. I have shorts on, so I have to be careful. Totally kidding. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. I'm on like a. (laughs) I know you're going to use this as a a teaser, and I don't love it. Um, I mean, it'll be in there. It's in my dad's handwriting because his nickname and is Pony Boy. Pony Boy, yeah. And you know, f- not from The Outsiders, but his nickname's Pony Boy. And in The Outsiders, it's a, there's a, they recite a poem and then he says, stay gold, Pony Boy. Mm. So that's where stay gold comes from. I like it. Thanks. Um, I'm court winning yeah, you, because... You tell me. What? No, you go. Is it harder for to hear me with this? No, it's much better, actually. <laughs> I feel like I'm my ears are plugged or something. I feel I'm very pro microphone, as you know. Um, I know you tell your current winning. I'm going to pull my hair up. Great. You're going to whip it back and whip my hair back and forth. I would my, okay. No, no, no. She's not going to do that. She's, she's signaling. She's not going to do that. I'm current winning you guys, because I have lived in LA for almost 10 years and I went to the beach 
on Sunday, which I rarely do, which is a travesty because it's like, why the hell do I live here and live so close to the beach if I never go? Um, I just feel like it's such a rigmarole trying to get down there and everything else that has to deal with it and parking and all that crap. So I really try to usually avoid the beach. But I went down, I had a great time on Sunday and I got in the water for the first time in four years. I've not been in the water. For good reason. I mean, it is freezing yeah. all the time in the Pacific. Yeah. So I never, and it always seems like if I do go to the beach or the ocean, it's in the near, in the winter months. I don't seem to like ever go in the summer. Um, and so, I mean, I shouldn't say I have been in the ocean. I have been in the Pacific Ocean. Like I've gone to San Diego, but I have not been in like Santa Monica, Venice, LA beaches in the water there in four years at least. I don't know if I ever have. What? Okay. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not, it's not that big. It doesn't seem like that crazy to me, but everyone else is like, why would you never get in the water? I've told people, I've told multiple people that I've took me, you know, it's been four years since I've been in there and they're like, what are you talking about? It's so cold. I don't know why anyone would, you have to be on fire. No, I know. And luckily I was, I was basically on fire. My head was on fire because I was hungover. But um, well, it's supposed to be 101 degrees this weekend. Wow, maybe we should. Maybe we need to find a pool somewhere. I mean, I just need to. Everything's closed. I know this is what is so awful. Anyway, I came home and I texted you, Annie. I had sand in every crevice. Yeah, which was something I did not need to know. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. The listeners don't need to know that either. But I just thought it'd be a fun little tidbit. Um. And there's also sand all over my apartment now. So I, I feel like I'm living like a cat, you know, like I'm just in a litter box. Interesting. Because I just like wrapped in sand all over the place. My backpack was like, basically, I, I think, I swear to God, the people that I was with must have like scooped sand into my backpack, like actively with a shovel. Did you like roll in it? I don't understand. Like. I cannot answer. I don't remember doing that, but I just think the wind and the nature of it all. No, I mean, I feel like it's not that hard to not get sand everywhere. I know. I, I, must, I am a special individual, as you well know. Um, it takes a special individual to do things like that. Um, and I It also takes a special individual to deal with people like you. <laughs> <laughs> right, touche, touche, touche. Oh. Um, Okay, well, let's get started with our favorite segment on the podcast, Annie's Approval. Oh, we're kicking it off with that this week. Yeah, I thought okay. you might like that. I feel I'm like it might, it. It, might, it might ease us in, you know, ease us back into. Yeah, I feel like as soon as I push record, like everything for me just starts to fall apart. Like I was ready. I even beat you on this time. And now I like can't stop messing with my t-shirt. I had to pull my hair up. My coffee's getting cold. Like, I'm just all over the place. Don't know why you feel that way, because it doesn't seem like that. And I think the listeners would concur. Okay. So anyway, so the first headline is something that just came out. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, But Joe Biden picks Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. (laughs) Kamala is a junior senator from our great state of California and has made national election history as the first African-American woman to be on the ticket for a major American political party. She was also the first female African-American to win office at San Francisco's DA and California's attorney general. So Annie, do you approve? Yes, I do. Are you I've excited? been saying for a long time that I hope that he picks her. I think, I, I think she was a front runner the whole time. I mean, pretty much the whole time. Once he said yeah, he was I agree. Woman, um, I just am really uh, into, I like her law background. She you know, at least she can, I feel like being a lawyer and being a DA and stuff, she'd have to at least see both sides of things, you know, like she'd have to, she'd have to argue, be able to argue either way in a case. So I'm hoping that that translates into politics, which I think it does. I think she's, I think she's really good. And I think all the, everything in the early debates and stuff, before they whittled it down, before she dropped out of the presidential race, I was really impressed with her too. So I'm, I agree. It it has in the last couple of hours been met with some not so thrilled pushback. With what? From from Democrats, actually. Um, 
Her history as a DA was not great in regards to sentencing right. people of color. I mean, she wasn't, you know, cases with people of color. Yeah. Um, but since 2011, when she stopped being a DA, there has been a lot of fantastic work that she's done with legislation. Yeah. In regards to, like, policing of people of color and all of that. So, um, Sean King put up a good post on Instagram regarding that matter. If anyone wants to check it out. Yeah, you should. The other thing is, is that here's the deal with these, with, with once he said she, he was going to pick a woman, um, at the beginning, which was at the beginning, mm-hmm. the thing with Kamala Harris is that is, that is appealing to a lot of people is that, or that is appealing to people that are more middle of the road, more moderate. If you were to pick somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who I think is fantastic, but she's very progressive. She's basically the female Bernie, Bernie Sanders. So Correct. people would be turned off by that as well. Amy Klobuchar would have also been a pretty good person because she has won uh, dis- Republican districts in Michigan. Wait. No, Minnesota. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's, that's uh, Gretchen Whitmer or whatever is Michigan. But also, so she's done that, number one. Number two, she was also met with some problematic things with the whole George Floyd stuff that it took so long for those people to get prosecuted. So, I mean, you're whittling it down a lot. And now I think Stacey Abrams would have been good. Um, you know, I think Susan Rice would have probably been good. But Kamala Harris has by far the, the best name recognition Mm-hmm. the probably the best track record in my opinion, at least she ran for president. You know, she's a Senator. There's, I mean, she was a lawyer. There's a lot of really good stuff about her. And I'm sure that no matter what we're going to see, not only not even, I mean, aside from what you just mentioned, but it's going to be like, people are going to be like, Oh, she's a woman. You know, of she's going to be super sexist, super racist, probably. Um, so get ready for that shit. Like, Everybody out there, just could we all collectively just be nice to her? Like, this is a historical. This is a, a historical event, regardless of where you follow. On, I was just gonna say that, regardless of which side you land on on the political spectrum, like this is huge. Just like regardless of where you stood with Obama, having a black man elected president is huge. It should not have taken until 2020 for this to happen, but we're here. Great. All right, so moving on. Uh, the band Smash Mouth performs to a packed crowd at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota and told concert goers, we're all here together tonight. Fuck that COVID shit. Annie, do you approve? <laughs> well, for starters, I was there last week. <laughs> there was a picture with about uh, 10,000 people in it. And I asked you if you were in it. (laughs) Yes. No, I left. I would never go to the Sturgis bike rally because it's basically Mardi Gras and Harleys. Um, I do not approve of this. I think, I hope to God that there's not a massive spike in COVID cases after this, but based on what we've seen in Florida... We will see. And the tough part too is that everybody... I mean, when we were there, they were kind of starting to arrive on their bikes and the bikes came from all over the country. So, and you just, from the license plates, you can tell. Smothering each other and, yeah, manipulating each other's... Well, that's why at the start of COVID... each other's viruses. (laughs) Exactly. But that's why at the start of COVID, New Orleans had such a hard time because Mardi Gras was at the end of February. Oh, right. And then, you know, right when everything started to pick up. So fingers crossed it does not result in another peak, but or another spike, I guess. Well, for me, it just it just sounds like they're really living up to their self-proclamation of not being the sharpest tools in the shed. I hate it when you do this. (laughs) (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star. Oh, that was good. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put you singing that on a loop. (laughs) <laughs> please don't don't make it don't make it like yeah for a meme or anything um okay so finally um this is the i want to I, I i really believe this is the best annie's approval headline to oh date. yes you actually texted me and said i just found the best annie's approval so my expectations are high 
Yeah. So <clears throat> you can now rent what is called a strip truck in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> the strip truck colon a mobile temptation is exactly what it sounds like. According to their website, they want to, quote, make an unforgettable and unique experience for your private event. With our trucks, you can have a breakthrough and innovative service anywhere at any time, a mobile strip club at your door. The truck is currently parked, unironically, on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. <laughs> Annie, do you approve? <laughs> oh, my. Is this, like in, is this like the strip club's um, response to COVID? I don't. I, I actually don't know the answer to that. But I, it is, it, they are in, like, plexiglass. There is, like, a bat. There's, like, one... On one, if you look at the truck, there's one half of the truck is open in plexiglass so they can like dance, and then the other side is like, um, like what are those called? Drape, draped off, and you, that's like the private room. You are kidding. <laughs> so wait, like people on the street can't they can wait. come to your apartment, Annie. They could come to your apartment and like park outside your. Park okay, first outside. of all, that's what I'm getting you for your birthday. Thank you. That's all I wanted you to say. Okay. Um, no, I'm kidding. That would probably cost so much unnecessary money. I honestly don't know if I approve or disapprove of this. Hmm. It's, a, it's like Annie's choice, like Sophie's choice. Because here's the thing. I, well, okay. One thing I'm confused about, the plexiglass part, is it like open to the outside? No, so it's like it, it basically is like a, a cage. In, it's so like it's a like a party floor. bus, essentially. Essentially, yes. I wish I could share my screen on this, but um, oh, I can. Hang on. Yeah, share your screen. Let me see it. Here, I'll I'll look it up. Actually, let um, me tell you why I'm not one million percent mortified. I no, mean. Please. I'll refer to them as dancers, but dancers have to make money too. I know. And it's hard times out here. I, I could, I can't find it now. I'll have to send it to you later, but it is, it's like, it, it's basically like a party bus and there, there's like dancers that you could pull up and it's for COVID. I think that they, you know, you would rent it out and they would, you know, perform. So I mean, we talked about this before, I think with, with other. Yeah. Like I think this is how people make a living and it's creative. Do I want it pulling up in front of my apartment complex? No. Um, do I want it pulling up in front of yours? Kinda. I don't think it would fit down my street. My street is so narrow. But that's what I mean. Like, it's just real. I mean, they park those like topless maid vans everywhere. So why can't they have this? Yeah. I, hey, who knows? That was the first time I think you've ever really stumped me on an Annie's approval. Well, I think it is. I mean, you are so empathetic to people who are out of work. So it has, that's where the hard part yeah. is. Otherwise, if it weren't in COVID, I feel like you would be like, absolutely not. No, 100%. Perform at, a, like, perform no. at a nightclub. Perform yes. at a nightclub. Exactly. Like, like, do your job normally. Yeah. You got to get creative. It's hard times out here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's that's what I have for you on Annie's approval. That was pretty good. What I think you got good. one one approval, one disapproval, one time, and one split decision. Wow, that is good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That might have been our best round ever. Yeah. So far. Um, okay, moving on. The Big Ten Conference, which includes our favorite school, the University of Nebraska Lincoln, announced the postponement of the 2020 fall sports season due to ongoing health and safety concerns related to the COVID nineteen pandemic, which in layman's terms means no college football or basketball. In addition, the Pac-12 followed suit by voting unanimously to postpone all sports through the end of the year. In their statement, the Pac-12 said if conditions related to the coronavirus improve, it will return to competition after January 1st, 2021. Upon hearing the news, Nebraska football coach Scott Frost said that the Cornhuskers are prepared to play this upcoming season, even if it's outside the Big Ten. He told ESPN, we're a proud member of the Big Ten. We want to play a Big Ten schedule. I think the only reason we would look at any other options is if there's some reason 
as if for some reason the Big Ten wasn't playing and only a handful of teams from the Big Ten wanted to continue playing. I think if that's the case, I think we're prepared to look at any and all options. No word on whether Nebraska is actively pursuing this at this time. And because he can't, he simply cannot keep his fat mouth shut when it comes to anything, Trump tweeted that the student athletes have been working too hard for this season to be canceled, adding the hashtag, hashtag we want to play. The hashtag we want to play movement is being led by Clemson QB Trevor Lawrence, who praised Trump for his fast food dinner after inviting the national champs to the White House following their win back in January 2019. Annie, what do you think about all of this bullshit? Um, I mean, I think, unfortunately, this has a lot less to do with player safety and a lot more to do with liability. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate part because I know Trevor Lawrence. Why don't, you, the- why don't you expound on that? Well, I was like, going to, if you would let me. Oh, sorry. Wow. Oh, goodness. <laughs> let, me just, let me just sit back. No, 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 no. I'm giving you a hard time. But no, I was going to say, I know Trevor Lawrence came out and made a state, a very official statement saying like having student athletes in their typical schedule at the facilities socially distanced and with access to medical care, that that would be much safer for a good amount of, of the athletes. Um, but unfortunately I think the schools are just not willing to take on the liability of someone getting sick. Yeah. Well, and what do you do? I mean, I guess it would maybe different, maybe not, but it could be different than like the NFL where they have, you know, people who are their, their salary people, they are on, you know, if somebody gets sick, you know, I guess they have backups, but it's still, it would be hard. I feel like it would be harder. I don't know why I think that, but. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the difference between it being a job and being not a job, but I just don't understand how you're going to do some sort of spring football schedule because the turnaround for the draft is not fast enough. The turnaround for anyone that gets drafted, if they're injured, like that's not enough time for them to get better before fall football or training camp or whatever. Like it makes me very sad for the players because I, unfortunately, I just don't think that it was done for the right reasons. I, you know, I, I, I I get what they're saying. I think Nick Saban, um, the coach, the head coach of Alabama said the same similar uh, to that, you know, let they're the people, the college athletes, the student athletes are much safer with them than being out in the world at home and everything. They're much safer if they're getting tested all the time. And the problem I think is again, what you said, I, I, it's like the liability of it all, but also it's, if someone does get sick, like, do they infect the whole team? Does it, do we see what happens with the Marlins baseball team? Like, is it, you know, people like, well, no, I mean, I think you do exactly what the NFL is doing. You test daily yeah, and you're not, you have to self quarantine until you come. I think the NFL is something I don't know for sure, for sure. I should, but I think it's, if you get, if you test positive, you have to 14 day quarantine and you're not allowed back until you receive two negative tests in a row in a row. So, don't quote me on that because I don't know for sure that's right, but it's something along those lines. I'm you. you what? I'm quoting you. No, 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 please don't. But I'm just saying like you do it that way because the other thing is a lot of these kids now what are just going to go home? Right. Like, I know that they have to be in school or whatever, but, mo- but the University of Nebraska is doing fall semester from home. And so they don't have access – like they're going to run a bigger risk getting sick in their communities than they would. Well, at least they'd be, I mean, I guess there'd be positives to being together for everyone being together. We we can't take away, we can't take away the fact that football, especially at the college level is a way out for some of these people. For sure. And it's a similar thing with like kids in school. Like a lot of kids depend on school to get fed. Yeah. Or to get away from abusers or, you know what I mean? Whatever the case is. And it's just, it's, it'd be a totally different story if the NCAA did it on, if they hadn't left it up to the conferences. Right. But I think it's, or maybe you give the players an opportunity to opt out like the NFL did. 
That's what I think. I think that's what Nick Saban might have said too. It's like if you t- or, or Trevor Lawrence actually. I think the whole thing. I think his whole thing was too. If you give someone the option to opt out, as opposed to then you'd at least eliminate certain people from the pot, but you wouldn't have to like get rid of everybody. Right. I just exactly. don't, even with like what Scott Frost said. I mean, that doesn't like what would they be exhibition games like i get that they want to play and i understand that but like what if they're not in their own conference they can't just like you know jump to another one well i i think allegedly they may try to play with the big 12 because the big 12 hasn't said anything yet Mm -hmm. um i wanted to ask you about what do you think about schools in general going like what do you think should happen there because i feel like there's a still like a pretty big debate on what's happening there is <laughs> is there um, no there is i'm just thinking about all the conversations i've had like with my friends that are parents yeah see you well, know a lot of more a lot more people that are parents um i mean it's the problem is it's just a very like vicious cycle because if parents can't send their kids to school they can't go to work um And that's a problem. It's also, I think people, you can't take for granted the amount of development socially that happens for kids at school. Um, I mean, I think it's just, I don't, the tough part is there's no answer. Like I don't have an answer or an idea of what would solve it, but I think it's very unfortunate for the, for the kids that cannot go to school. Well, yeah, that's what, I mean, also what you said, exactly. It's like, then everything stops. Yeah. If parents can't go to to work, then what their income is, then they're going to get evicted from their house. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just like, it's such a- Well, there has to be, there has to be like a happy medium because here's the thing too. I saw something, I mean, obviously I've talked about it. I've traveled during this time. So have I. I mean, I mean the same, but I've traveled the same, if not more than I would have without COVID. I um, don't. I mean, I think you're probably just being cautious, but that's, I don't think that's true. I haven't traveled that much. I've taken four trips in four months, five months. Four tri- it's been six, first of all. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I don't even know what month it is. So. No, actually, yeah. it's been five. You're right, it's been five. Yeah, but no, so I've taken four. Why you flew private on one of those, so you're okay. not getting, you're not running the risk there. True. But I've taken so, three round-trip flights. Then you took, then you immediately took Spirit. <laughs> so, like, talk about, talk about a fucking step down. Seriously. Talk about keeping your feet on the ground. <laughs> God, for real. No, but what I, what I was going to say is I saw something that said that if you're, Living your life during this time, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't think COVID is real. And I think I've oh. been very, I've been, but I've been very hesitant to kind of speak my mind about this part because it's been so politicized. And it's like, oh, well, if you're going out of your house and you're traveling and you're doing all this stuff, you must think COVID is fake and you're a Karen. And I'm like, I mean, that is what, like, that's how people are portraying it. And it's not that, like, I am very cautious when I, when I do travel, I mask up, I sanitize everything. Like I'm very cautious. I'm wearing a mask always in public. Like I'm taking it very seriously. I just don't subscribe to the idea of living in fear. And so many decisions that are being made right now are being made either A, for political gain or be out of fear. And I just, we're going to lose an entire year of our lives living that way. I know. You're, you're, yeah, I feel the exact, pretty much the exact same way you do. I think that I, but I am also one, I, you are too. It's like, I am cautious AF. You know, yeah. it's not like I'm, I, I think that some people could perceive, see, I think the almost opposite. I think people could, some people could perceive what I'm doing as being like holier than thou because of the fact that I think, okay, I am being cautious and I still think that everybody should like wear a mask and should follow the guidelines of the CDC and like listen to doctors and science and stuff, even which is such a crazy thing for some people. I but know. To me, I feel like that is so important. That's important to me. But at the same time, it's like, then people are like, oh, well, you're going to like, 
outdoor patios and you're going to, you know, you're going to hang out with your friends and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but I am still like, I think that there has to be something, there's something to be said about having this in the forefront of your mind. Like you walk out of the house, you have a mask, you do, you go to the grocery store, you're where, you know, everything that you do is revolved around this pandemic. And I think that's what most, I think that's what most people in the, who feel the same way I do and you do actually are doing, you know, they're not, I don't feel like people, I don't feel like those people are being like, I can't believe you're not wearing a mask and then running outside or like going to a concert for the, for the chain smokers without a mask, even right. though that's totally something I would do, mm-hmm. but I would wear a mask. I would wear a mask and I would not chain smoke, but I'm just saying that it's like, you can't, there, there has to be, um, you know, I think we should, I think we should, uh, and I'm stealing this from someone that I know, but uh, they said that you should not condemn the people that are maybe not doing the best job, but you should praise the people that are. And, um, 100%. Also, you, if nobody goes anywhere, like we're already on the verge of the biggest economic crash this country's ever seen. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, well, the stock market's doing okay. Like everybody's doing okay. But people have forgotten that, like, we, the, for people that are unemployed, the $600 extra benefit just stopped. <laughs> so, like, for one, like families that are trying to feed their kids and, have lost their jobs like oh my god I don't I mean don't even get me started it's gonna be so ugly for some families and it's just like there will be no we need people going and safely sitting on patios and eating at restaurants and doing takeout and we like the economy needs that so bad yeah we need it I mean it's just we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's like the Corona fatigue. It's like, there is something that's the COVID fatigue. That's like, mm-hmm. we're, people are getting fed up with it. It's like, we, you can't be fed up with it, but you also, or you can be fed up with it, but you can also just take measures to ensure that you're doing things safely or as safe as you think you can. It's just like, I don't know. Oh, I, think it's- I, I mean, I'm so beyond fed up with it, but the right thing to do is put a fucking mask on. Period. Yes. I mean, Period. God, it's just, it's, it is, it is a, it's really hard. It's a tough, but I, I agree with you at what you said at the beginning. It's like, this was so politicized. And so it has been just to the utmost on both sides. And I don't care what anybody says. It's both fucking sides of this that have just made it so almost unimaginable. We've got so it's, there's so much divisiveness that, well, you're either a doomsdayer and think the apocalypse is here, or you think it's all bullshit and you're running around yelling at people. Like, yeah. there's no one in the middle that's talking about like, hey, maybe just like wear a mask and be kind to one another. Like, yeah, like what the hell? Oh, why God, I hate it, everyone. Why couldn't it be that simple? Why couldn't it be that? Simple? The problem is, it is that simple. It is that simple. But people want to make it a thing. They want to make it a thing because COVID is not something that's, and then we'll, I'll, we can stop talking about this, but like COVID is something that is, it's, I mean, it is a disease. It's like, but it's not something that's, it's not like a skin eating disease. So it's not as tangible as something that could be, when you get it, it takes a bit to get to you and then you're screwed or you're, or you're like in it, but like, it's not something that's so that you can see. And it's like, I don't know why everybody has to feel like they have to freaking see everything. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyway. All right, let's move on. Um, okay, so in <laughs> <laughs> the latest installment, get ready, Annie. This is a buckle up. So you can like go take a nap or something while I speed okay. this out. Well, I don't even know what it's about, so I should probably pay attention. <laughs> okay, listen up. No, uh, in the latest installment of the Nobody's Knows Around, we take on hashtag Kanye Conjob, which was trending on Twitter this week. That's because Kanye West was recently accused by the Democratic Party of submitting bogus signatures to a petition to get his new presidential campaign recognized, which then led him to getting blocked from being part of the presidential ballot in Illinois. According to election law attorney Mario Nicolaias, I hope I'm saying that right, who at the behest of the Lincoln Project, the Lincoln Project is an organization whose mission is to defeat Trump and Trumpism at the ballot box this November. So Nikolai has combed through these two, cha- 
through two challenges to Kanye West's nomination signatures. He came to two conclusions. One, not only should Kanye be kept off the ballot, but two, law enforcement should investigate and prosecute several individuals involved in the effort. It was found by the election officials of Illinois that out of 3,128 signatures that West submitted for his campaign, 1,900 of them were invalid. In an op-ed written by Nicolaias, he said, Trump and his supporters have spent recent days attempting to place the music mogul on presidential ballots across the country. They believe that a black celebrity on a ballot will pull votes from Joe Biden, who enjoys overwhelming support from black Americans, and help a flailing Trump campaign in November. He continues by saying, never mind that West's family, West's family and friends issued a plea for him to seek mental help just two weeks ago. Never mind that West cannot qualify for enough state ballots to actually win the presidency. Never mind that the fundamental assumption that black voters will vote for a black man based solely on the color of his skin is profoundly a racist position. The internet quickly quickly saw through this shit and did not hold back when, when it came to slamming Kanye's presidential efforts. This included comments from actor D.L. Hughley, who said in, an, in a new interview with Fan Room Live that the rapper is quote, not so mentally ill that he'll talk about any other group of people. He talks about people that he knows who he can get away with. And then he's not so ill that he's trying to be a disruptor in this political form. He's not so ill that he takes 5 million in PPP payments. So he seems to be conveniently ill when it serves his purpose. And while DL recognizes how devastating mental illness uh, issues are to the black community, he doesn't believe it excuses Kanye's behavior. On the other side, Rudy Giuliani, former NYC mayor turned gremlin and Trump's personal lawyer, believes Kanye West secretly wants Donald Trump reelected and even went as far to insinuate that he would support Kanye trying to spoil Joe Biden's chances. According to TMZ, Rudy said that Kanye could be a surrogate for Trump to get the black vote and also said Kanye is expressing the dissatisfaction African-Americans feel about the way they've been treated and ignored for decades, specifically by Democrats. That's a lot to take in. That what do you think about this? God, I... Honestly, oh, yeah, you go I'll, first. Okay. Kanye is clearly in a delicate place. And no, that is not a Taylor Swift pun. Well, maybe it is. Any yay. Now that's a pun. Any yay. <laughs> I never should have let you talk on this topic. <laughs> Anyway, Kanye took to Twitter late Monday. He also said this. He took to Twitter late Monday to say his mother-in-law, Kris Jenner, who he so lovingly referred to as Kris Jong-un a couple of weeks ago, makes quotes, make the, makes the best playlist, and that he misses Jay-Z. Here's what I think. I think that he should drop out of the race, and not because I despise Trump, but because he needs to get help. And we need to stop. Like, we've talked about Kanye already on this podcast, and I think this is probably where you're going to go, Annie. But it's like... This is not something to, I mean, yes, he's being reckless. Yes, he, I don't support what he's doing, but like this is clearly mental illness. This is not something, this is not like, this may be like quarantine. I don't know. This is just not something that I don't think we should like condemn. I don't think he needs to like be, you know, prosecuted by election law attorneys. I just feel like he just needs to drop out of the race and get the help that he needs. But um <laughs> Okay, I agree with you about like obviously it's known that he's diagnosed with bipolar disorder. A couple weeks ago when we talked, I thought he clearly is on the verge of a psychotic break and he needs to get help. Now I'm more of the opinion that Kanye knows exactly what he's doing. Really? Yeah. Um, and well, I just, is there, I, do you have evidence? No, I don't necessarily have any evidence. I just think, I think that family in general has a plan for everything. I think they are very much about the long game. And, I believe the last time he had a similar situation like this, it was right before he released a new album. Um, And I think, 
I just think he knows exactly what he's doing. I don't know if it's because he has new music coming out because this is so extreme for something like that. But his wife is trying to make a significant change in criminal justice reform. And all eyes are on him constantly. So they know, I mean, that family, people can say they're dumb all day long. That family's not dumb. And they have the media wrapped around their fingers. So, but I don't think you think that, but a lot of people do. A lot of people do. And I just, I think that they know exactly. I just think you're talking to me exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think that Kanye knows exactly what he's doing. And they estimated that if he were to get on the ballot, realistically, he would not win, but he would take roughly 3% of the votes away from Biden. And that's a little frightening. Yeah. Significant too. And it's significant enough that that's what I mean. I mean, listen, if there is a plan in place, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, you say that and I totally think you're right on track. Maybe Kim, since she's been doing so well with Trump, Trump has a, approved her and, and uh, gotten people out of jail at her request. request. And maybe she feels like, okay, I'm doing really good work with him. Let's keep him in office. But I'm not going to come out and say that because then that would really alienate a lot of fans of mine. Well, not to mention her, the entire Kardashian family was incredibly vocal about supporting Hillary Clinton. Right. So they definitely fall on... I didn't know that Kim was. I didn't know that Kim was, but... That makes sense. Um, she did around Chris election was, time. Chris, Chris actively yeah. campaigned for her. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think it definitely has something to do with that. And Kanye is so polarizing and he's very much like, I also think that's why Kim came out and made the statement that she made. It was just very like supportive of him, not necessarily supporting the things that he was saying because he was saying awful things, but, um, I just think that they're in it. Like it's a long game thing for them and it's a plan. Hey, I, like you said, I think they're smart as hell. Yeah. Whatever. So (laughs) don't be, don't be swayed people. That's all I have to say. That's good. All right. Well, um, now, Oh no. Now we come to our closing segment, which we haven't done this one in a while. And it's called Loser of the Week. Yes. Except and this week, it's called Losers of the Week. Yes. <laughs> and the losers of the week are Bryce and Annie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Annie and I reunited for the first time in 10 weeks in person last Saturday. And Annie, why don't, why don't you go ahead and take it from here? I would, except I don't remember very much of it. <laughs> well, set it up. Set up what happened. Tell us what you did. So I went to a brunch with my girlfriends that was rosé all day. So you get unlimited rosé for $20 with the purchase of an entree. <laughs> that is way too cheap. Like that is, um, that is a steal of a deal. That's what I mean. And I don't know what rosé it is, but it's delicious. And I, truthfully, like, I'm not a huge wine drinker. And this rosé hit me so hard that I was just not myself. Okay, so then... So then I started texting you. Yeah, so then then we went to this house in Beverly Hills. Well, first of all, you texted me and you said, wow, we have to get coffee tomorrow. (laughs) I did? No, it was like five well, I went to brunch at 1.30. Yeah. So you said that and I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, let's de- I'm definitely down for that. So then you, you, you uh, FaceTimed me at, like a couple hours later and was like, hey, I'm at a friend's house. Do you want to come over? Like, do you want to come meet us? And there were just a few people there. It wasn't like a rager. Um, but I was like, I, t- I, was, I told Annie this already, but literally she texted me at the most opportune time. Like I had just, I had my first sip of my second drink that I had been drinking in my house. That's all. I, I was just by myself, like a loser. Talk about loser of the week. Yep. And, um, I 
and she was like, Hey, come, come to my friend's house or whatever. And I was like, I swear to God, if you had texted me 10 minutes earlier or 10 minutes later, I would not have gone. No way would I have gone. <laughs> but I did. And I went. Yes. I told you Annie, there was food there. Annie, you did tell me. That, but there was food there, which I, I thought you had lied to me. I thought you had lied and said there was, there was food there. And then I got there and it wasn't. I immediately like took a pull, like a huge pull of tequila, which is wonderful. I don't think I drank anything at the house. Oh, well, that's good. So you were a little sauced up, just a little bit. Uh, you acted like you were, you you kept being like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But like, you really had nothing to be embarrassed about. Like I have, I just, I don't so get tame. that way. But I don't get that way. You know what I mean? Like I reel it in when I start to feel like I'm heading that direction. I stop drinking. And you that night. You yeah, exactly. Like I reel it in. I just don't clean. allow myself to go there. And that night I apparently had gone to the bathroom three times or something. And then I looked at my friend and asked if they knew where the bathroom was. <laughs> and at that moment I looked at T and I was like, can you please take me home? What about when you were trying to push people in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> See, and you wonder why I was like so horrified. <laughs> but why? Like, seriously, that was, it was really, it was so tame. I mean, I know you don't get that way. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to get that way, but the fact right. that you did was like very, I mean, you guys, I'm telling you that everybody we were with was like, again, not that many people, but still they were like, wow, I've never seen Annie. <laughs> like this. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's why I was so horrified. But it was, anyway, let's get to the real fun stuff. So after Annie had left, she told me, she was like, you kept texting me and you're like, I'm so embarrassed. And I really feel like you had no reason to be once again, <laughs> because you weren't even acting that drunk. And then I texted her, I texted her and said, remember Monica's birthday, 30th birthday, which is a classic Friends reference. Yes. And I, so anyway, Monica in the show that we live <laughs> our lives by Monica got super drunk before her swanky 30th birthday party and at the party. So she goes to the party. She's really drunk. And then in hopes of taking the attention off of her, Phoebe exclaims that she's going to get twice as drunk as Monica so that nobody would even notice her. And that's exactly what I did at this time. <laughs> even though I already left. Annie already left, but I wanted to take the attention off of her. So I proceeded to get like hammered. <laughs> and I just cannot hang out with 25-year-olds anymore. Like, I just cannot do it. I, I don't know how many times I have to learn this lesson. I don't know. I am also so sorry because I always drag you to these places and then I leave you there. <laughs> like, every time. I feel bad for your brothers because they're the ones that always oh. have to, like, deal with me. No, you're They're fine. like, who the hell is this guy? Like, <laughs> they just got to be like, this kid needs to go. Luckily, I, lo I feel like I look young enough that I could you know, I don't look 32. So whenever you have to tell yourself, <laughs> but like, I am never going to learn this lesson. And I feel like I honestly transported to another plane of existence. When I left, I actually, I left, you would be proud of me. I hope that I just left. Like I hope that I just Irish goodbye, which I, I, don't know. I mean, anyway. when I talked to Sammy the next day, he didn't say anything about you. And that makes if, me feel much better. And if you had been like out of control, I would have heard about it. That's good. That's yeah. really, that's really helpful. And then Jack J started following me because Jack J, Jack J, and well, that's the other thing. So the Jacks were there and Sammy. Yeah. And I just don't want to be a, a complete and total embarrassment to your whole family. Um, Too late. Obviously, I feel like I'm an extension of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, we, I just want, first of all, I just want to apologize because to everybody there, but mostly because you and I, before you left, we took a picture with Jack G. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry to everybody who thinks he was going to be on the podcast. Like, I'm not. We never said he was going to be. <laughs> I know. Everyone, we post, I posted that picture on our Instagram and everyone was like, when's he going to be on the podcast? Yeah. But Maybe if people don't read the captions, then it's not our fault. <laughs> Also, we so we took a picture, and the reason why is because we were taking. He was he offered very kindly offered to take picture a picture of of you and I. Right, for our we were Sunday. I'm sure fumbling trying to take one of ourselves. No, it, yeah, I was. I think that you took my phone and were like, "Let's take a selfie." <laughs> no, I'm oh, just kidding. God. I think I, I probably did. But 
So then I said, I was like, well, you know what would get a lot of likes is if you get in the photo with us. <laughs> you truly were more embarrassing than me. <laughs> I was, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I pulled the Phoebe. I was the Phoebe of the I mean, public. I appreciate you very much for that because right after that photo is when I left. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun. I, I it was a really it was a really good time. I was very happy that we finally got to like unite and reunite in person. You know that was oh funny. yeah, finally. I know. It took a long time, but it was really. Thank you for inviting me. I'm sure that I'll never be invited again, but that's okay. Well, I, I, I the thing I is, we do no, this, I, and I just continue to invite you the next time. <laughs> I so obviously we're good. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. Not going to happen. Oh, oh God. It's probably going to happen in August or in September, I mean, when we're on our hiatus. And then the nobody's pod will just never come back. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. That could very easily happen. I'm kidding. Oh, well, Uh, that's all. Did you have a good time at least, Annie? Did you have a good time on Saturday? I did up until the point when I knew that I was embarrassing myself. And then I, I mean, everyone told me like you weren't that bad. You didn't do anything that bad, but like, I'm just, it's Tuesday now. And I'm like, finally shaking off like the drinker's remorse. (laughs) That's how, that's how I am too. And I, even just telling the story, I'm like really sweating. I'm in shorts and the backs of my thighs are dripping. Like, I can't handle it. Guys, I just hope everybody understands how hard this is for us to talk about because we have such drinker's remorse. Oh, my God. It was so bad. I, like, couldn't do anything on Sunday. Not because I was hungover, but because I was just, like, I was, like, I can't face the world. (laughs) See, that's what I felt, too. And I was, like, I have to get out of this house. Otherwise, I would have just... At least you live with someone. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, but for me to be with my myself for another twenty four hours, I was like, nope, not gonna happen. No. Oh God. No. Just we. Someone save us from ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all. That's all we got. All right, guys. Well, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Nobody's Pod at Annie underscore Wilk at Bryce Advice. It's the exact same on TikTok. On Twitter, it's at Nobody's The Pod. Same for our personals. And you can always email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. Also, please make sure that you watch Bryce's new Big Brother After Show. Yes. All right, you guys. Yeah, you guys, I'll plug that because, I mean, I'll just waste Annie's time some more. Um, I am starting a brand new... I used to host an after show on AfterBuzz TV. I'm I'm branching out on my own with uh, a former contestant, Rachel Swindler, and a friend of mine, Mark... Herman. We are starting a Big Brother after show on our YouTube channel. You can go to my Instagram and uh, find our find out where to watch it, I guess. We're going to do it after the evictions and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, and we're at From Outside the House. So if you want to, go follow. Anyway, we hope you uh, have an amazing weekend. Please wear a mask, register to vote. And more importantly, have a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded in a small, crummy apartment in North Hollywood, California. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.